Amen. I don't know about you, but um, I believe wholeheartedly that we live in the greatest country in the world, in the United States of America. Um, I'm a little bit partial because I'm from America. But uh, if you've traveled abroad, uh, there's nothing like coming back to this country. But I will say it, um, that we need all the prayer for this country to be restored. And, uh, and that's what we're called to do. We're called to be the salt uh, and the light that brings restoration. So at Living Word Chapel, we're, we're pretty intentional about uh, doing the things that are going to bring uh, the positivity of Christ into a country that's full of a lot of negative right now. Amen? So um, let's just be doing that. Let's be prayerful. I had something really cool happen to me yesterday. Um, as most of you know, uh, we are doing a, a remodel at our, at our other campus in the Copper Basin area in the town of Kearney. And uh, in that remodel, we got to a place where there was some plumbing that needed to be done. And... Um, and we were kind of at a, at a standstill because uh, the person that was going to be doing the, the, the plumbing uh, had to leave. And so uh, my, my dad was a plumber. My grandfather was a plumber. So by osmosis, you, you, you learn how to do some plumbing. So I was thinking, I don't really don't want to do this plumbing. We have to put a urinal in and, and things like that. But here's the great news. Um, I could have done it if I needed to. But God brought somebody, and it's somebody from the community, and uh, they had asked him if he would come and look at it, and he worked in the mine as a pipe fitter, uh, slash, you know, pipe fitters can put pipes together, so plumber, and, uh, and he went there and looked at it, and he ended up doing the work for us, which was awesome, but that's not the kicker, the, 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 the thing that I'm really rejoicing about is in our conversation, um, I first said, uh, we want to bless you for you doing this. We want to give, we want to give you a monetary blessing. And, uh, and in that conversation, um, the Lord just stirred his heart. And he said, uh, uh, I, I don't want anything. I don't want no, no, no money for this. He said, because the person here at this campus that invited me to come and, and do the work, uh, he's been a blessing to me. And he paid it forward so that I can pay it forward. Now, that says something to us, beloved. When you're, when you're doing things for, for, for the Lord and investing in people, you get it back. Amen? Amen? So that happened there. And then the other thing that was really beautiful was I said, well, at least let me feed you. And, and the crew, that, the, the volunteer uh, crew that was there, we'll, we'll, we'll feed you guys. And so he, he allowed that. And then he said this. Um, he said, uh, uh, Pastor James, this is the second time I've eaten with you. And I look at him and I was like, really, bro? I, I don't remember the first time. And, uh, but those things happen to me. You know, you turn 55 and you start forgetting. Uh, but he said, you fed me and my family when we were on strike. And you guys opened up the church and fed the, the families in the community. And I'm very grateful for what you did for us during the most, one of the most difficult times of our lives. So Living Word Chapel, we together investing in our communities uh, bring glory to Jesus. And uh, yeah, I thought that was great. So uh, the plumbing is done. We're moving in the remodel. And, and, 
And it just looks absolutely beautiful over there. And we're progressing over here with our um, after-school program. Uh, we will be launching in August. And uh, I can't wait to see those children impacted because children, uh, God loves children. In fact, he says, do not forsake the children from coming to me, for such are, are, are those in the kingdom of God. And so we want children to come because if you shape the heart of a child, they'll be shaped for their entire life. And we want God to do it before the world does it. Amen? So one big applause as well for our director over the after-school program who's been working tirelessly, done so much. Nanette Soule, thank you so much for all you're doing. Uh, amazing, amazing work. So we're in this study, in this series, going through the, the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae called Colossians. And last week, we learned that because of our faith in Jesus, we have a new life. And the things that we were at one time, we're not those people anymore. Leonard uh, uh, talked about that as he came up and, and talked about, you wouldn't want to know that person that I was and God has a way of changing us into these new people. So we have this new life that Christ uh, performs in us as we put our faith in him. Now, that new life has a new position. It comes with a different position. So we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. And so you, look, you have a whole different perspective when you're seated, seated, seated with Christ. Amen? You're able to see things from a whole different lens and it changes everything. As long as you are, as long as your line of view is in your brokenness, in your circumstances, and in your hurts, you'll never be able to see who you are in Jesus. That's why you need a new position. Amen? He takes you out of that old life and gives you this new life. Now, so you have this, this different perspective. You're able to see differently. But you're also able to think differently. And you renew your mind with the word of God. And, and that begins to change not only the way that you think, but it also begins to change the way that you live. Amen? Because you begin to, to, to put to death the old way of doing things. And you have to do that. You have a choice. You have a choice to either live how you used to or to live in the new life that you have. And that's important for every child of God to understand that as a Christian, you're not a robot. You, you, God has given you freedom of choice. And that, that, that kind of goes along with the 4th of July week, uh, week that we here in America, we have freedom, freedom to choose. You're able to choose to come to church or not to come to church, right? That's a beautiful thing. That's called independence. It's the same thing with, with Christ. You've been given this independence and you're able to walk in this newness or you're able to live in the old life that you were before. So we choose what's new. And... Um, and then with that, there's a lot of very, very important things that, that happen. Uh, do you remember last week, uh, as we were talking about uh, the previous passage, it, it talked about how uh, you, need to, you need to strip off the old self, the, the, the old sinful nature. You've got to strip that off. And, uh, and so that comes with action on our part as well. So you've got you to take that off. And, and then we, Paul, as we go into this passage today, he says you need to clothe yourself with a new person. And, and that, that has to be done. You've got to take that stand. Now, why, does that, why is that so important to us? So 30 years when I came to Jesus, uh, I, needed, I needed something different. 
I, I needed someone different. I needed God. And I'll never forget that when I came to Christ, um, there were uh, some things that were not only different spiritually, but I saw people dress differently. So at that time, church was, a, you, you would see people dress up. And I'm not against people dressing up. So people wear ties and, and coats and things like that. That's, for, that's the church age that I came into. And so they would wear ties and, 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 and jackets. And, and so I gave my life to Jesus and I came out of the mine and I never wore a tie in my life except maybe for a funeral and, and you know, maybe prom. But we, so I came to this place and I began to put ties on and, and, uh, and khakis and, and just look really uh, dressed up. But then you come to the place where you find out that's not what God is really interested in. His dress code is not about you wearing a, a coat or a tie or even a, a collared shirt or a t-shirt. That, that's the least of his uh, worries with, with people, the, his concern. His concern with people is that your heart changes. Amen? And so there were a couple things that began to, to, to work in, in, in my life and in my heart. I, I began to say, that's not important, us, the way we dress and, and the, the, the suit and ties and all of that, that's not important. And there were a couple changes that I made when I became the lead pastor. One of the changes was I said, all ties are off. <laughs> we're not tied to ties anymore, right? And let's just dress, you know, let's just dress casual. And, and if you're wearing a tie or you're wearing a coat today, we applaud you. Praise the Lord for that. You, you got it. Yeah, there's Leonard. We, Leonard, keeps us, Leonard keeps us uppity up, you know, or else we'd be in trouble. But... I said, let's, let's do away with that. The other thing that, that, that the Lord impressed on me, I, I believe it's the Lord, is we used to, all the pastors used to sit up on the platform. The baptistry was not there, and we sit on the platform, and we all sit here while the preaching was going on, and we look at everybody down here. And I said, why do we do, why do, we do that? And so I said, all the pastors are going to sit on the, on, the, on the main floor with everybody else, and, and we made those change, which kind of irritated some people, but so, so be it. I'm... I'm here to irritate some people sometimes, amen? And so we started to do that because I really felt that, that pastors are no different than everybody else. We're all the same. We all come to the Lord in, in, through Jesus, amen? There's no one better, there's no one worse, and, and that's important because every single one of you has a new life just like any, any, any pastor. And so we're able to come to, to that place. There's no better or worse in the kingdom of God. We all come to Christ free and clean by what he's done. So, so that began to happen. And then we, we come to this passage right here, and it really confirms my introduction. It confirms the reality of what, what is the dress code that, that God is interested in. And it's not how, how men and women and re religion put dress codes and it no, doesn't matter where you go, there's, there's these codes that, that people put on. But God's not as interested in what man thinks. He's interested in what Jesus has done for us. Okay? So, so we're going to, to chapter 3, verse 12. Okay? And, and in, this, in this passage, we're going to see the, the, the emphasis on clothing yourself the way that God would have you, have you dress. So verse 12, it says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, 
humility, gentleness, and patience. Where'd that come from? Right? Take off the ties. Take off the coat. I want you to close yourself with things that are really important. Verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive some people who offend you. You'd like for it to say that. No. Forgive anyone, anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I want you to put that in your pocket because there's always somebody that the enemy will bring into your life and God allows it that will, that will go against the grain, your grain, and, and drive you crazy till he can bring bitterness and unforgiveness into your life. Right? So, so God says, don't let that happen. Forgive as I have forgiven you. Above all, above all, close yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So I'm going to pause real quick. A, a, a church, a local church that's walking in harmony is walking in love. And a church, a local church that's walking in disharmony is not walking in love. So that's a great gauge. Amen? If, there, if there's problems in a church, then the, the devil's coming in and trying to drive a wedge. And what he's trying to drive is he's trying to drive hate, bitterness, division. So that's an indicator. Hear me now. So at Living Word Chapel, we should, we should always be intentional about, about allowing the love of God to permeate our individual lives so that we can have that love for other people. Amen? It's a gift from God. Verse 15, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That's a great passage right there. And we're going to unpack it. We're going to have some takeaways that, that all of us in here and all of us that are in second service and everyone that is watching online that, that I believe is going to be very practical help for you to be able to, to, to live your life with the dress code that God provides. And you don't get this dress code at Macy's or Ross or Kohl's. You get it at the throne of Jesus Christ. You get it with the grace of God that he provides. Okay, so here's the first, the first takeaway. Clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. Leonard, you alluded to it earlier about the old you, and I want to talk a little bit about the old us. I don't know about you, but before Jesus came into my life, there was not a tender heart in my life. In fact, it was the opposite of a tender heart. I had a, a heart of stone, a hardened heart. And I started thinking about this during the week. I started thinking about how, how do we get our hearts hardened? How, how, do we, how do we get to the place where, where your life is stone cold? And, and all you have to do is just kind of review your life. So this week we had a party for my uh, kind of a... Uh, we celebrated the, the 35th birthday of my wife, 
We've celebrated her 35th birthday for 20 years. <clears throat> and in this, in this wonderful birthday celebration, I, I had Christy put together, and Christy's amazing, our, our, our media director. She put together a, a slideshow video of our life. And, and in, that, uh, in that video, it showed Shauna when she was young. And uh, my wife, when she was young, she was a tomboy. And, and then God just blossomed her into this beautiful, beautiful woman, uh, young lady, and, and, and I fell in love with her. And there's a lot of things from that video that, that showed where, where I was before God and where I am with God and where our marriage was before God. Uh, we had pictures of our, of our wedding, and uh, man, I looked young in those pictures. <laughs> And, and then we had pictures as we progressed. And, and I have to tell you that when, when Christy showed it to me to review it, uh, I, I, was, I was in tears. Because I was really able to see in real time where I was and where I am at this time, where God brought me. And I started thinking about how my heart was so hardened by the world now think with me, what, what, what can harden your heart? How about the disappointments of life? There's little things and there's big things, right? The, the little things is you go from, from junior high, from eighth grade to your freshman year in high school, and uh, you go from, you know, your face being clear, and uh, something happens in the summer, <clears throat> and every pimple known to mankind <laughs> comes and attaches itself to your face, and you go into your freshman year, I'm just I'm talking about my, my, my own life. And you go into your freshman year and you have every pimple known to man. And you can't get a date no matter what happened. Right? And, and you think, I'm so, I, my life is so horrible. I hate myself. I hate my, my face and all these things. And, and, and you have this rejection. And, 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 and so your, your, your heart, which was very pliable and very loving before your freshman year, <coughs> becomes very hardened because every girl that you've asked out has said, no way, hit the highway, right? And, and so that's just one little facet. And that's the, 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 the pendulum can go here for, for that, but then your pendulum goes the other way and, and say some, some, some way, horrible way, that there's hurt in your family. Maybe there's um, uh, abuse that takes place and, and, and you've thought, you know, Life is good until this abuse took place and it hurt you or hurt someone that you loved. And your heart gets hardened. And the people that you trust the most, they let you down. And so your heart hurts so bad during that letdown that you begin to harden your heart so that it will never be hurt again. And maybe, maybe your mom had, a, had an affair on your dad and, 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 and you thought your mom was the greatest thing since sliced bread and you thought their marriage was the greatest thing in the world and, and you find out about this at a school bus stop and, and it, it does something to your, your mind, but it does something to your heart. And this tenderness that you had toward your, your mother becomes hardened. And not only do you not trust what your mother has done, but you don't trust any other woman that comes into your life. Now, I know that you guys have never faced anything like that. 
but your pastor has. And that's just my life, all the things that, that began to come in and all the hurt that I felt in my heart and the betrayals, and it got my hard heart. But God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel, and he said this, and it's so needed for all of us. He said, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. You see, God, God had to come into my life, and he had to take this hard heart of stone that I had from all the hurts and all the rejection and all the betrayal and all the hurts and all the things that this life brings our way. He had to take that hardened heart out and put a new heart of flesh so that I could, number one, feel his love. And receive his love and his healing. And I can offer that to other people around me. You see, with, with, without that happening, my marriage would have never made it. Without that happening, who knows where I would be at this time. But because it happened, because God allowed that in my life, every day I'm able to clothe myself with a tender-hearted heart that is pliable in the hand of God. Look, look, look what Paul says to the Colossians. Since God chose you, you see, I didn't choose God. He chose me. Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves. In other words, he transferred us, and we've been learning about that. From, he transferred us from the domain of darkness where we were with a hardened heart with all kinds of hurts, with all kinds of brokenness, with all kinds of unforgiveness, with all kinds of circumstances, he transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Why? Because he loved us. And he called us to be holy. He made us holy. It's his doing. It has nothing to do with you. It will never have anything to do with you. You're not holy because of you. I'm not holy because of me. I'm holy because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. It changed me. It, it positioned me. It put me in a different place. He said, because this has happened to you, because you're loved, clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. Be merciful to people. So that person that comes to you that needs mercy, you don't reject them. I don't care what your political affiliation is. I don't care what your social class is. I don't care what your ethnicity is. You're new in Christ. You have a new life so that you can bring something to people that they could never have without Jesus. And this tender-hearted mercy comes along with kindness. You have to be humble. You'll never be able to do this if you're prideful. Let me tell you, you cannot come to God in your pride. Some, some of, there's someone in here and someone listening that, that, that you're rejecting the grace of God because of your pride. You, you think, uh, you know what, it's too easy. I, 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 I don't need it. I, I'm good where I'm at. Let me tell you, you're not good where you're at because you know exactly what your life exemplifies without Jesus. 
You have to humble yourself. And can I tell you something? I have to, every day I have to close myself with humility. I don't know if you know this, but outside of Jesus, I'm a machismo Mexican. And those Mexicanos, man, I'm telling you, they, they, there's some pride there. It's instilled in us. And I know that, that none of you, uh, you know, none of you Anglos or, or uh, Jews or Italianos, I know that none of you guys struggle with, with pride, but... We all do. We all do. And we begin to allow the, the Lord to, to change our heart. And, and without a changed heart, you will never be able to be kind like Jesus. Amen? Hardened hearts will... will uh, uh, hardened hearts will produce unkind actions. Hearts that have been changed will produce kind actions. We become patient through a, a changed heart. We become forgiving. Uh, a, a, a forgiving heart does, does this. It, it makes allowance for each other's faults. It forgives anyone who offends you. This is important to me. Because as people, we want to choose who we're going to forgive and choose who we're not going to forgive. Amen? We, we want to hang out with the people that, that, that kind of are like us, that, that, that we, we have a lot of things in common. We want, we want to have those, those things in our life. But here's what God does. God produces in us not only forgiveness for the people that, that, that have offended us, but he produces in us a love for people that maybe you would never hang out with if it wasn't for Jesus. Hear me now. I'll never forget a, a guy by the name of Joe Flowers. Joe Flowers came into my life. He came to the church here. I was the associate pastor at that time. And Joe was one of those people that, that uh, not very popular at all. His house was a mess. Like a, a mess isn't even the word. There was just, it, it, was, it, was, it, it would have been condemned if anyone ever went there from the health department. It was that bad. And Joe would call me up to take him to Costco. And I just, you know, became the associate pastor, worked in the mine and before that, you know, I, I would never hang out with this guy if it wasn't for in, in my old life. And I would never forget, we would go to Costco, and Joe, Joe would get a, the basket at Costco, and I'd walk in front of him, you know. And he'd push it, but he, wouldn't, he, would, not, he would not even grab the basket. I don't know why. He would, he would push it like this. And then he'd say, Pastor Jamie, wait for me. And God, God was working on my heart, man. I was, I was like, oh, Lord, forgive me, Lord. Lord, but you know I don't even want to be seen with this guy. And if, you, if you're in here and you knew Joel, you know what I'm talking about. And so we walked through there. But every time I took him, every week, God began to work a little bit more in my heart. Began to work a little bit more in my heart. And one day I got a phone call. I was supposed to take him to Costco that, that day. And his caseworker called me up and said, 
Pastor James, um, I just want you to know that we found uh, Joe in his living room and he's, uh, he passed away. And I'll never forget that day. I cried, man. I cried like with a love for this guy. What the Lord was doing all through that time is he said, I want you to love those people that are unlovable. I want you to love those people that aren't cool. I want you to love those people. I want you to clothe yourself and be kind to the people that, that other people cannot be kind to. And to this day, I believe I'm a better person because of Joe Flowers. I'm a better person because I was able to humble myself. And you know what it does for you guys? When James Reese calls you and says, I want to hang out, you're going to say, all right. <laughs> Even though you think I'm not cool. No, the reality is that, that, that God allows for, for, for these to happen, these things to happen in, in our life. And we have to make room for it, make allowances for you to, to, to forgive people, for you to, to, to take the high road in life. But let me tell you something, beloved. This is important for someone in here. If you allow your heart to keep getting cold, your life will be miserable. If you allow your heart to keep getting cold and hardened, your life will be miserable and the life around you of others will be miserable. Amen? God is speaking to you right now. That person that you have a hard time forgiving. I could say so much, man. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack some things. I'm going to say some things. I'll never forget the, the pastor that, that passed the baton to me. We were so close. We were, we were so close. And God was so good through, through Bob Cannon. And I'll never forget, he passed the baton to me. And, uh, and, and he supported me through everything, through all the dumb things that I did, through all the great things that I did. He was my greatest cheerleader, but he was also my greatest advocate. He would stand with me. And, uh, and, and I'll, I would go visit him, and, and I would always call the people that, that, uh, that were here and that were under his leading. I, I call them the Canaanites, Bob Cannon, the Canaanites. And then we call the, the pe people that, when I became the pastor, the recites, right? The, they would say, oh, Pastor James, or oh, Pastor Bob. And, and Pastor Bob would always, he always had my back. And so people would go and say, well, we don't really, we love you, Pastor Bob, and we really don't like what Pastor James is doing. Thinking they had a secrecy, right? And I'd go over there and he'd say, you need to watch out with this person because they've come, been coming over here telling me things about what's going on. And, and, and God was protecting my heart, teaching me things, because here's the deal. In all that, God was saying, you need to forgive those people and love them, even if they don't love you. Hear me. You need to forgive those people in your life that have hurt you and love them, even if they don't love you. Because when you do, you become like Jesus. And you've got to clothe yourself with that kind of a character. Here, here's the second thing, second takeaway. Clothe yourself with love and peace. How, how many of you in first service, every morning you're determined to put on the love of God? 
How many of you in here know it, you have to be intentional about walking in the love of God? Because every morning there's a lot of negative that tries to grab a hold of you. How many of you choose to put on the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding? You, you have to be intentional about it. Look at what Paul says. He says, above all, clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. This means it's at the top of the list. You have to choose love when hate comes to your mind. You have to choose love when anger comes to your heart. The, the Apostle Peter put it like this, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. In those places where we fall short, love supersedes it. It's what the love of God does in all of us. It, it, it changes not only us, but it changes people around us. And there's nothing, beloved, there's nothing that is more important than the love of God. Nothing. God so loved you. And that's why he gave Jesus. So that you wouldn't perish but have everlasting life in Christ. And that love doesn't change. He continues to love you. He continues to extend the grace and mercy that we all need. Let me tell you something. The only thing that will change our world is the love of God. The only thing that will change people is the love of God. In our elders meeting, an elders prayer this morning, we have an elder that, that he's, he said, I want you to pray for my, for my son-in-law. I want you to pray for my, my daughter. You know, they uh, love them and... and, and you know, they're, they're, my son-in-law does not know the Lord. And, and uh, he said, and, and the, I, I've, been, I've been spending some time with him. And in that time, I've had all these uh, scriptures that, that, that I thought God would have me share. And he said, but I keep being impressed in my heart that he doesn't need the Bible right now. He just needs the love of God. And he said, so I just keep loving him and loving him and loving him and loving him. And I'm going to tell you something. That's a word from God right there. See, you think you're going to change people by giving them Bible verses. That doesn't change people. You know what changes people? The love of Jesus Christ. Love does something that we could never do. He said this, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And you have, to, you have to notice where the peace comes from. It comes from Jesus Christ. The, the world doesn't need my peace. The world needs the peace of Jesus. I, I don't have the power to produce peace in the people in my life, but Jesus does. And when you're peaceful, when you're peaceful, you're thankful. When you're thankful, you're peaceful. Have you ever seen an ungrateful person with peace? 
people that are, that are um, unthankful, they, it's impossible to be at peace when you're unsatisfied and you complain about everything. Amen? And here's your third takeaway. Close yourself with God's word. I think about our mission at Living Word Chapel. Our mission is to, to love, empower, and transform people with and through the living word. Because here's what I know for sure. That James Reese is not the answer. The answer is found in God's word. The more that you insulate yourself with the word of God, the more that you will grow in Jesus. That's why Paul said, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Let, let the word of God permeate your soul. Let the word of God permeate and cleanse your mind. Let, let the word of God begin to guide your heart. You guard your heart with the word of truth. I need to fill my life with the word because the more of the word of Christ I have in my heart, the more power I have over temptations, the devil's lies, and the ways of this world. All of us are tempted. The devil is looking for a way in. But the word of God guards me from those temptations. You know what else the word of God does? It helps you when people say this to you. What do you think about this present situation? What do you think about what's going on with the gender situation? What do you think what's going on with all these different things that, that, that uh, they want to they wanna set you up? The devil wants to set you up. Here's your answer. It doesn't matter what my opinion is. What matters is what does God say? It doesn't matter what, 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 what my opinion is about, about same-sex couples. It doesn't matter what, what my opinion is about the abortion issue. It doesn't matter what my opinion is about all these things. What matters is, what does God say? And whatever God says, I'm going to submit myself to that. Amen? God tells me in his word, he says he created, he created man, male and female, Right? It also tells us for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. Man, mean male, will leave his father, male, and, and, and mother, female, and cleave to his wife, female, and the two will become one. That's God's word. It doesn't change. It doesn't matter what my opinion is. If my opinion goes against the word of God, the word of God is going to judge me. And so we let the message about Christ the rich mind that we find in the word of God, that we begin to grow and that fills our lives. And then it says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. God's word is where you build your faith. Paul, writing to the church in Rome, he said, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. You want your faith to continue to grow? Put the word of Christ into your life. And it doesn't matter what you're facing, your faith gets stronger. It doesn't matter what circumstance you have, it, 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 you get stronger. You push through because you trust his word when your feelings are taking you in a different place. 
You trust his word when popular opinion goes against everything that God says. You trust his word because he's in control. He's faithful to the very end. And here's the last thing. I left the best for last. Everything's been good, though. The fourth takeaway is this. Close yourself with an attitude of praise. Look at what Paul said. I I want you to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. You, You need to know this, beloved. You need to know this. God is less interested with the tone of your voice than he is with the attitude of your heart. Don't let the devil steal your praise. I'm talking to men right now. Don't let the devil steal your praise. You should be singing to God constantly. He, he doesn't care about the tone of your voice. He wants for you to, be, to, to have your heart change. And when you sing to God, your heart begins to change. It begins to be shaped. It does what, what we could never do. Uh, you know, what did Jesus do after, after the Last Supper? We, we celebrated communion right now. What did he do after the Last Supper? He was on his way to, to the Garden of Gethsemane. He was going to go in anguish and all kinds of hurt. It says in the word, they sang a hymn and went out to the, olive, the Mount of Olives. What, what, what did the Apostle Paul do when they put him in prison, him and Silas, and they put him in stocks? They sang, they sang worship songs to God, and the shackles came off. I, I, I saw this, and I thought it was really interesting. This is from a secular, uh, uh, a secular site talking about what, what singing does to people. There's something that happens in your psyche when you sing. There's something that happens in your heart. This is what uh, the research says that I did in uh, healthline.com. It says, decades of research has shown that singing individually and in a group is good for you on many levels. For those of you that don't sing, better start. Let me tell you why. I'm not done. I picked out just a few of them. When you sing, it relieves stress. Science is finding that cortisol levels drop when you sing. Cortisol is what brings stress. So when you sing praises to God, your cortisol begins to drop and diminish. Here's a second thing that I, that I thought was interesting. It stimulates the immune response. Science has shown that you build antibodies that fight off disease when you sing. Woo, let's sing a song. Singing also helps with grief. It helps improve mental health and mood. So all you bad mood first service people, start singing some songs. And this is really going to help me. The, the next one. It helps improve speaking abilities. When you sing, it does something to you. Why, why do you think that the devil wants to keep you from singing songs of joy and songs of praise? Why do you think the Lord, I mean, the, the, the Lord wants you to open up your mouth and sing praises unto him. Why do you think the devil wants to, you to keep your mouth shut and not sing to God? 
Do you remember what I said that, that James before Jesus used to sing this song all the time? I'm on a highway to hell. And I lived like I was on a highway to hell. God changed my song. God gave me a new song. And this is what the psalmist said. He said this, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. He didn't say sing to the Lord a new song. Some of you here, he said sing to the Lord all of you here. So as we go into this closing song, this is between you and God. You have the choice to sing praises unto the one who's worthy. Or you have a choice to say, you know what, I'm not going to sing to anybody and keep it to yourself. But I'm going to tell you that the benefits for singing are a lot greater than for not singing. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, thank you for what you've done today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for saving our soul. And we just give you our lives, Lord God. Right now, I, we give you our lives. We, we praise you. In fact, all of us right now, just, just give the Lord some praise. Just, Lord, we praise you because you're worthy of praise. You're worthy of glory. You're worthy of honor. Just communicate that to him. You are worthy, Lord, to be extolled in this place, for you to be lifted up and glorified. There's no one like Jesus, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.